0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com/style to get free shipping
1: and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com/style. Hi, I'm Miss Danielle and this is Help a Human Out. If you are back this week, I'm guessing you might have listened last week. It was part one of how to move on when your abuser dies and you never got an apology. Nobody was ever held accountable. I can tell you from personal experience, it sucks, but you do have to move on. That's the truth. And talking about uh, what's happened to you doesn't mean you're stuck there. Healing is not linear. You got to push through, right? But sometimes talking about it is cathartic, especially talking about it with someone who really gets it, who really knows, because they've been there too. Sarah Frazier is back, and here is the rest of our conversation. Let's name this. There are so many stories after, so here's here's where we're going to throw you. He does die, okay? Yeah. Didn't expect it, didn't know it was coming. Like, out of nowhere, Yeah. Out of nowhere. So he dies. Right. So we had to give you all those backstories because the whole point of our conversation was how do you get over like when a, an abuser doesn't, isn't held accountable, uh, you never get an apology and then they disappear, they up and die or something. Right. So I get a phone call in the morning and, and again, we only gave you a tiny bit of some of the things we, we, could never explain to you what we've been through
0: never and, and you know i think people should know this too anytime like you like when you publicly posted you know i'm not busy anytime that we would ever post you or i or whenever or anyone that left a mention of how i used to work there um, mm-hmm. i you know i i feel like i i need to, i want to talk about my experience we i would at least get a email from an attorney you know, you, you know, this is a warning. This is a warning for you not to talk about Kane because I had a non-disparaging agreement that I had signed foolishly on the way out. You know, he couldn't talk shit about me. I couldn't talk shit about him, which of course, what you realize is you just can't disparage the person. But all of our stories, what we're saying is 100% the truth.
1: Yeah. So it's not that it's not a lie. It's completely the truth. And so, right. They they backed us into these corners, they gave us a shit ton of money, and they said, sign these papers, and they didn't care about the abuse. That is what it comes down to. They didn't care about right. the abuse. They, they cared that he was making multi-million dollars for that company. Yes. And that was what mattered. And so it was easier to recycle or cycle out, excuse me, cycle out co-host, than it was ever to hold the host accountable. So- you know, it's been a couple of years since both Sarah and I were on The Cane Show. New co hosts new everything. Sure. Um, and I have gone to therapy, Sarah. I mean, the healing that has had to come from this.
0: Yeah, you know, me too, as you know, and we've obviously talked on offline numerous times and for years, uh, but it took me about five years to really get to come to a place of being neutral, about hearing his name, about um, neutral feelings for him, really getting to the point of like, I don't care anymore. I don't think about this person. And in fact, I mean, I'm sure you knew this, but I would hear over the years after I left that his addiction, his mental illness were just spiraling out of control and not treated. Yeah, sink and ship. Yeah. And so I, for me, it went from being very bitter and angry. And of course, once you left people, people would message me and go, Hey, I'm really sorry. Now I know that you are not crazy. You know, you are not the one, because that was the way Sammy and I were painted. We were immature. I thought you were crazy. crazy. That's how he painted you to me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you leaving and Mel leaving really validated people knew most people that paid attention, knew there was something wrong. So it took me about five years to get to a point where I knew, and my therapist would say, you know, he's, unless he gets treatment for these, it's just going to get worse. And, you know, it really, I would hear that over the years. So it it started to be a place of like, I just felt really sad for him. Like I felt sad for him, sad for his family, because, you know, you could, unfortunately you could see the writing on the wall that it was going to end badly.
1: Yeah. I got to tell you, Sarah, I, I, one, I'm so happy that you finally got to that like place of neutrality because that's really hard to do. I had such PTSD from working with Kane and the Kane show that if I would get into an Uber and hear his voice, mm-hmm. my whole body would clench up. Because they would, you know, in the city, they'd be, of course, they're playing Hot 99.5, right? So I would get into the car and I would hear his voice and my whole body would clench up. And I would be like, excuse me, Mr. Uber driver, could you please change the channel? Or like, it, it was, I would stop dead in my tracks because I could I was just and you know sometimes people are like, "Why didn't you fight, especially now because now I don't give a shit about nothing. I will fight for everything. you can't shut me up. it's just not what it is, but back then, i everything he said was true. I was the breadwinner of my family. my baby had just gotten sick, yeah like there were all these different things that were happening that I had to just go through, so I signed that damn nondisclosure, I signed all those things, and I had no idea how much pain and how much hurt and how much shit and trauma I was going to have to deal with afterwards. I was just like, whatever, I just got to get out of here. But we have both been to therapy. We, there's a group text message from multiple former co-hosts, including Mel, where if you read it, we look like a whole bunch of battered wives. Yeah. Like it, it's like a, it it is literally an abused woman text thread.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, it took me years. And then I came from a place of empathy and, and in a way too, like I had kind of even turned it around to be gratitude. Like I was thankful. Like he brought my relationship with you. Like that never would have happened if he hadn't, been so abusive to us, you know, and I thank him for like the strength to start my own business, you know, to know that I'll never put up with that environment. So I started to look at him as like a place of kind of empathy and gratitude of like these are all the gifts that I ended up getting from a really difficult period in my life. And yeah, so yeah, when I heard the news when when you had you know called me and texted me, I, I, I want to like, know
1: like your exact feeling because you know who actually, so Scotty Davis, you know, yes, Scotty, yes. Tampa loves Scotty. Scotty is a great human being. And I don't trust men in radio at all, but Scotty Davis is a quality human being. Um, Scotty checks in all the time because he also used to work in Minneapolis. So I grew up listening to Scotty Davis and Tony fly on the radio. And so when we got, when we were on in Tampa and I ran into Scotty Davis, I'm like, oh my God, Scotty Davis. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, Danny Starr. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Forget Danny Starr. A little girl named Danielle grew up listening to you. Like, I was so excited to meet Scotty Davis. And so Scotty checks in all the time. I'm friends with him and his wife, Steph. So I get a message, or uh, the phone rings, but I'm in the bathroom, right? right. True. I'm in the bathroom, the phone rings and I'm like, it's Sunday morning. I'm like, why the hell is Scotty calling at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning? So I don't answer it because I'm in the bathroom. But then it rings again and it's Scotty. And I'm like, I instantly know that Kane is dead. You did? Wow. Sarah, I instantly knew that like everything in my body was like, it just, I was like, okay. I'm going to call Scotty back. And I, like, when they let him go from the morning show, I I genuinely believed that he was not going to survive. It's not what I wanted. It's not anything that I wish for. But knowing him as well as I did and being around him and what that show and what that Kane show and every, his entire life was so built upon that show that, and that facade. Yeah, and that's he lost the facade, it. So, yeah. That's the facade. And I was like, oh my God, he he's he's I don't think he can survive this. I didn't I I had thoughts about like how he would die and things like that. I was like, I just don't think he'll survive this. And we knew he had some addiction issues and things like that. So I was just like, this is gonna be bad. A year later, that's when I was in the bathroom, the phone call happened, Scotty Davis, and my heart was racing, and I was like, I just know this has to be about Kane. Like this, and I took my phone and I looked at my text message. And it said, "Danny, call me." Kane died last night, and I my phone fell out of my hand, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And you were the first person I called.
0: You know, look, I I had the same, you know, eerie, I guess, premonition that you did. I years like a couple years ago, when because briefly to give your listeners some backstory, you and I, um, you were on the air with Kane, and then for like a year and a half. I did this morning show called Sarah, Ty and Mel and we were basically like competing against you guys. Which Completely. Talk about, talk about like bringing up all the drama. But anyway, the show ended up getting canceled but um, during that time, there was a time where, uh, people believed that Kane was drunk on air and we would get a lot. He of-
1: was drunk on air. Okay.
0: Yeah. So you, you work with him. You obviously witnessed that. So I, I we would- it,
1: it, the slurring, everything right. we told we management. everybody knew management knew. And I don't even know if it, I had not even positive that it was alcohol. He was absolutely on multiple things. He fell asleep on the air once during a mid break, Sarah, He fell asleep mid-break. We drug him from the thing to the room for him to sleep. He was so unhealthy and so unsafe. And we told them that multiple times they did not care.
0: And it was, you know, we would get tweets. It was, it was like the worst kept secret in DC. You know, people would tweet at us that there was something wrong. And, and I, you know, still friends that I had at 99.5, people would say things are really bad. So it's, it's, Odd. I had that sort of flash as well. Like I was like, you know, I I don't think he's gonna live very long. I I really I think he's going to die. And that's such a terrible thing to say and like to to verbalize. Think, yeah. Yeah. So when you called me, when you and you texted me too too, because I was like, I was doing something, I was on the phone, you know, and I so I saw you call. I thought, oh, I'll call her back. You know, she's she's probably just checking in. And then you texted me, you said Kane died. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Just this rush, like of that feeling came back. And I thought, wow, I, I, yeah. I, I can't believe it. And so over the past couple of days, like I went through all the emotions of, you know, feeling great sadness, as we've talked about, because he has two young daughters and it brought back yeah. for me, I lost my dad when I was like 14, which his girls are kind of approaching that age. And so it was like sadness. And then the anger came up again. And and I always had this vision, you know. I, I think because I try to always think the best of people, even who have wronged me. I kind of thought, well, you know, his dream was always to move back to Tampa and be on the air. So I thought, you know, when he got let go or whatever happened to him when his show ended, I thought, you know, maybe he'll reinvent. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll turn around. Yeah, maybe he'll get the help. Maybe he'll get the hell, but he always wanted to move back to Tampa with his girls. And so I thought, you know, I think he's going to move back and become a conservative radio talk show host or something, you know, and reinvent himself. And who knows, maybe he'll change and our paths will cross someday in the future. That was always kind of like my wish for him. So it was so shocking to hear, you know, him passing and relive all those feelings for sure.
1: So here's the crazy thing, okay? I when my dad died, something magical happened. And I thought that it only happened because it was my dad, right? So um, right after, and, and I'm willing to bet that some of our helpers listening have had a similar situation. When you lose someone that is so important to you, right? So, so, so important to you. All of a sudden, memories that you didn't even remember start flooding out. It's almost like, this is how it really felt, Sarah. It felt like when my dad died, because that pain was so difficult and so heavy and so felt through every, on a cellular level, I felt that kind of pain. I felt like my body had to have something to help me through it. And so all of a sudden it felt like a little tiny door in my brain opened up. And all of a sudden, I remember being a little girl on the back of his motorcycle.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: remembered the way it felt holding his waist. And then I remembered being on stage at a pageant, and not winning and trying to hold it together. And my dad walking up to the stage and just saying, like, come on, baby. Things I hadn't thought of in years. Wow. Okay. And I thought to myself, oh, this is magical. This is your brain knowing you're going through the worst heartache of your life and it's gifting you these beautiful memories. And that's how I went with it. And then Kane died
0: mm.
1: and the opposite happened. Another little door in it because I was where you were. I had finally gotten to a point. Um, and it took me a lot longer. I got to tell you, Sarah, I I was, I struggled. I struggled because I just couldn't fathom a person being capable of the things that he was capable of. And again, with no repercussions.
0: Oh, and I think, you know, not to compare trauma, but I I actually truly feel like you and John and that, like, I think he'd actually got exponentially worse. Like I I think you guys lived through something far worse. Cause for us, it was like just the beginning, like almost just the beginning of someone's addiction. And and for a brief time, he was, he was seeking therapy when I was with him for for, um, bipolar disorder. And so Mm -hmm. things kind of like were bad, but then they got better. And then he took himself off the medication and it got exponentially worse. But by that time I was leaving. So you, you, I think really did live through an extra level of, abuse you know so i can understand that for you i think it's it's for me it's like a little bit easier i think to just come from a place of like gratitude and all these things because it wasn't the full like yeah. you know you really got the full wrath oh
1: sarah yeah. it was so awful and i so he dies and the little door opens in my head and no good memories come out instead i remember him filming me while i was breastfeeding Or breast pumping. Okay. I remember. Yeah. I remember all of a sudden I realized it was worse than I even fucking remembered.
0: Wow. Literally, like Sarah, like, who? Wow. What did he do with that video? I guess kept it. Sorry.
1: Yeah. So the little door opened up. Mm And it was nothing but memories that I must have like blocked or stored away or had to have like completely hid because I couldn't survive knowing that stuff, right? Like who I was as a person was not a person who would allow those things to happen to me. Mm. And so I felt so awful. Just like, why am I, is it the money? Like, is it my sick kid? Like, because the person who exists now as like who I am, would never. I'm telling you right now. iHeart is so lucky that this is not the person they had back then because I would have owned said. that fucking company. I know we should have owned that fucking company. I would have owned that company. I would have taken all their asses down. They're lucky I didn't have the energy to fight and get get times up up in there in the movement because it was so fucked up. What happened was, and to you know when people say like how do you move on from someone who never gave you an apology or who never was held accountable? You know, I'm so happy that you're in the place that you are, but I think it's important that people understand we're in different places. Yeah, absolutely. The, the journeys, the journeys are different for everyone, you know, and, and I never would have wished death upon Cain ever. Like that is just not who I am. It's not what I have in me, but I was traumatized by the amount of fucking memorials I had to read. That were sent to me or the people who were like, Hey, what do you think about this I'm like, oh my dad abuser, jeez, you want to know like it it just felt like oh I can't even explain it it was disgusting to me, and I don't know Sarah it has been really really fucking difficult
0: I you know look, I think you my two cents for you is like I think you have to give yourself so much grace because the, the what you did write about you know, Peter is really his real name. What you wrote about him on your Instagram was so spot on. I told you my husband read it and he's like, this is really good. And and you talked about duality of, you know, yeah. being sad for someone's family and never wishing harm upon someone. But at the same time, you know, for you, you're still going through that trauma. And I, I completely empathize. I I know how hurtful it was for you. And, and you you had to make some very difficult choices. And I think you made the right ones because trying to fight a huge company that had even more resources than yeah. every year that goes by radio is diminished and diminished and in more trouble and more trouble. But at the time, you know, for you to take that battle on and try to sue them or whatever with the sick daughter, you know, with going through your own, you know, kind of emancipation and, and separation from your husband, I, mm-hmm. I, you made the right call. Cause you don't know the, the physical or damage that would have been done. Right. Or like, so we both made the right decision. And I think, you know, for me, um, yes, we're at two different spots, but I, I know exactly how you feel. And I am just, I think you just have to give yourself so much grace and credit. And, and to me mourning him, I look at him as a person that he was really sick, especially yeah. the last year of his life. Obviously things are coming out, you know, and I, I'm not going to repeat yeah. them because they are rumor. And, you know, I, yeah. I hadn't spoken to him in seven years. So I, I really don't know. But, you know, the stuff that was coming out about him, it's like, wow, this is a really sick person. And so the one side of me is like, you know, I hope he's at peace. The other side yeah. of me looks at it and it's like, damn, like shit, karma really like, full circle. Like, I gotta yeah, really, you like, know, it's a good check of your own life. Like, wow. Am I treating people like, you know, good as a, as good as I possibly can and all that stuff. Because I mean, you talk about someone, holy shit, like it was full circle. It was full
1: circle. And, you know, so here we are, we get this huge announcement that, you know, he's passed away and I knew, and we knew we were privy to the information before it went public. And I'm so happy because that would have like thrown me off if I didn't have some days to, without the media circus around it. Right. So I, I, I'm reading all these things and you know where I found peace with it. And this is what I think about like that forgiveness and accountability. Like what happens when someone who really harms you dies? Right. One, they're dead. So there's that. And I will be fully transparent. There is a overwhelming feeling of relief. Mm -hmm. It is not celebratory, right? It's not celebratory. I'm not celebrating his, but it's just like, he was still a monster in my world. Just because I didn't see him didn't mean I wouldn't ever pop up and see him again. Or we live in the same place. Like I was still afraid of him. He was
0: an online stalker. I, I feel that great sense of relief too. I mean, you know, I knew at times, like even like when I first started, we were competing on radio stations. I always get these random phone calls or threatening texts. I knew it was him that he probably Sarah, got he the bought
1: your name as a website and he brought com. And when you clicked on it, it linked to a gif of shit. Oh, it does. Wait, wait, wait. Not anymore. I got it pulled down. Oh, you did? Hell yes. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, now can I go
0: and buy it? I mean...
1: You should, but com. look at it. I don't know if it still links to a pile of shit, but I def- it definitely okay. did, and it definitely was his ass. And he did that, of course, with Mel. And He
0: did it to Mel as well and- with some awful things. Yep, yep. Now it goes to nothing, but you know what? It must be for sale. Huh. Well, well probably. Th- yep isn't go ahead and snatch that up. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, here, I don't know if this is helpful for you, but I did have my therapist tell me, cause years ago, like when I was still angry and, and going through like emotions with him and maybe this kind of helped me grieve or have closure. I said to her, you know, cause I wanted an apology too. I, I wanted him to like come full circle and get help yeah. and come back and say, I was really terrible to you and Sammy. And my therapist, you know, it was funny cause she, she's always very empathetic. But that day that I mentioned that she's like, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> she goes honestly don't do it because unless he comes to you and has really gotten help I was going to write him a letter or an email and just tell him how he'd hurt me and but how I had yeah. moved on and she's like don't do it because unless he has really gotten help and he's kind of come to you or texted you or said hey you know I, I want to take you out to lunch and I, there's some really things in the past I want to talk about nothing has changed he is not gonna Nothing make amends changed. with you. Yeah. And in fact, no. she was right. It got worse. So it did get worse. I, yeah. You know, I don't know if that
1: is anything to you, but that no, really it is. For me. It it does because here's the thing: uh, an apology that would have came, would have come, and would have come. An apology that would have come. Look at me, I'm a whole teacher and I'm like, came, come, whatever. Anyways, if he would have given me an apology, I know well enough to know that it wouldn't have been real because there was ample time to do that. And yeah. I don't even know if he was capable of that level of compassion and empathy, to be honest. Um, In fact, I I will go to my grave with that. I don't believe he was uh, capable of that. I don't think a person capable of that kind of compassion and empathy could ever do the things that he did. And so there was that, right? Um, I think for me, it was thinking about, like, when I was seeing the memorials and how bad that felt, I had to, what, what I grounded myself in was that. Everyone is allowed to grieve however they get to grieve, right? And everybody didn't know the same version of Cain that I knew, right? That's why I can show sympathy and compassion and really feel devastated for his children, right? I can feel very devastated for his children because to his children, he wasn't a monster, Right. right? He was just their dad. You know, and I can feel compassion for the listeners who grew up listening to him thinking he was the character that he played on the radio. I can feel compassion for them. I can understand their grief. And also, I'm not ever mourning somebody who harmed me as much as he did. And so, Th- this, that duality piece, right? It's yeah. like, listen, I am very sad for his children. I'm very sad for the people who thought he was someone that he wasn't. And that's fine because that's who they thought. And you get to mourn that, right? Yes. You get to mourn that person. Like, listen, I love Fred Rogers. If all of a sudden somebody told me Mr. Rogers was the most fucked up human being on the planet, I would be grieving, Sarah. Yeah. Like, it's so Mr. Hard. Rogers is so important to me and my life because of how I grew up and what he taught me. I can get it but i personally as a person who was abused by this man i'm not grieving him i am hoping that you know what song do you ever hear that that kesha song um where she's like i hope you find your peace um falling on your knees praying oh, when that song that. came out oh my god it's so good when that song came out i remember driving in my car listening to kesha's ass and she was talking about her abusers, the the guys who had abused her and hurt with her things, and she was talking about like, "You know what? I'm going to be okay, and I hope you find your peace falling on your knees praying And I remember sobbing in my car, thinking to myself, "I feel your ass, Kesha. I know exactly what this feels like because all I wanted was for him to feel some type of um something, yeah." Like yes. feel something, motherfucker. Like you hurt so many people. Can you feel something? Shit. Like what the hell? You know. But now, now I, you know, I am much more at peace and I and I'm happy. But I wasn't anticipating his death to pop up so many emotions. Yes. Right. I I wasn't. I am very sad for his family. I am like his mother. Like no matter what, at the end of the day, somebody is a mom. Somebody lost their child. Yeah. It, uh,
0: you know, he had a sister. You know, he has a sister. Yes. It's yeah and. and I I totally, it's interesting that you bring up the memorial because actually it was, it was interesting from my perspective. I I thought, wow, it didn't seem like, it didn't seem like it was that much of a memorial really. And, and like, I looked at the comments and there were a lot of people like, wow, this is sad, but this guy was such a jerk. Like I, I actually thought like a lot of people got it. And that to me was like even more sad, but I was like, wow, this is a guy who Tried so hard to hide it, tried to. So, and, and, and all he had was radio and lost everything, lost his marriage. I mean, I don't think he had any friends, you know, no. aside from us at the time we were on the show. Um, I, I, you know, he wasn't somebody active in his community. Um, You know, he was in his basement nonstop stalking people or, or doing radio stuff. So I actually looked at the memorial and I thought, how sad Like people, you know, very few people had a lot of good things to say. And it was almost like it ran one day of news cycle and then the next it was gone. And I thought, wow, this man, this was all he ever did. And in the end- All he ever
1: wanted, all he ever did. And at the end of it, what was it all for? It was for 24
0: hours of people sharing a a news story and a lot of people saying, I stopped listening to him. I, You know, when he hurt Danny, when he hurt Sarah, I, you know, I hated the way he treated Mel- I mean, it was very, to me, like, wow, people got it. And how even more sad for him in the comments.
1: It's amazing to the lenses, right? That we look through things because, yes. you know, you, you looked at it that way. And then I'm, I, I was hurt from, I think I was hurt from the people who I knew, knew the cane I knew and posted shit. That was like, that was a part that I didn't understand. The people who didn't know, you know, I get that loving a facade. You're and, a listener. That. Yeah. They, they, but well,
0: they but, they but only the people know, who like,
1: knew who Kane was, it, it felt so, um, What's the word when people just jump on something and they're just like, oh, I have... <laughs> like, know- I, I legit have people post pictures of Kane with me in it who know me. You know me. You know what I've been through. And you're going you're to post a picture of me and my abuser online. And Do you think people just like don't know how to react or, or haven't done... No, I think, people, I think people in this social media world... I think people do shit for likes, not everybody, not everybody, but I'm here to call a spade a spade when people like to connect themselves to tragedy, right? They like to connect themselves. They need to feel, they need to feel closer to something um, a lot of the times, right? Or if they're close to it, they have to show that they're close to it. But if you got to post a picture of you, me and Kane, it's been some years. Like, no, don't do that shit. Why? Like, do you understand the harm you're causing? And to, I have people message me like, hey, I'm going to post this picture of me and Kane, but I know the truth. What the fuck? Oh, wow. Do you you know, did? Like, where's wow. your goddamn integrity? Like, wow. what do you mean you're going to... So I think I was just dealing with like so many different things. And now, um, you know, I guess the question is, is, is it really about moving on or is it about moving forward? Because at the end of the day, I think that for me, it's moving forward because I did learn so much from that situation. Um, I am a completely different person. I would never handle any of those things the same way. And when we think about our our listeners and the helpers who have gone through similar situations, people who've had to um, either move on or move forward without these apologies, without anyone being held accountable, you know, what, would you say to them? What would you say to them about all, you know, cause you go through an array of emotions. Is it okay to struggle with that duality? Like, what would your advice be as someone who has also experienced, you know, the same person as I have, like we have similar experiences. What is your advice to those people who, yeah, who, who are going through it.
0: Yeah, and, and no matter what, right? I mean, there's, there's people listening to this. Maybe they were sexually abused by a parent or physically abused or by, I mean, you know, there's so many things, right? And I, I think you have to keep seeking help Um, and you know, I would say experiment with different things. You know, uh, this just came to me. One of the, one of the people that really helped me, my brother is in, um, is in AA in in the 12 step program. And one of the biggest things with 12 steps is you forgive yourself, you make amends, you forgive others. And, but it's, it's really like letting go and letting God and, and, and kind of reflecting on, you know, a lot. many people in 12 step programs have gone through horrific things. Right. But it's, kind of just coming back to taking ownership for yourself and looking at life through a gratitude lens. Right. So to me, that experience shaped me so much. Like the person I am, like, like you were saying, i never put up with things. And so my brother's the one who got me, I think I listed out, um, I don't know what they call it, but, but maybe like, all the grievances I had against Kane. Right. And then there's an exercise and I wish I should have been more prepared, but anyway, you kind of look at it differently, like with a thing of forgiveness, right? Like, um, you know, maybe, maybe he's a sick person, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And so my brother that doing that one step, because I'm not in a 12 step program really changed my perspective. So I would say, try different things, keep talking to people. And even like, you think, what is, my brother's recovery have to do with Kane? Well, you know, there were some similarities there and different things. So you keep working through it because it took me five years. It was not like I left the show and then three weeks later, I was like, oh, fuck this place. You know, I mean, it yeah. was a long process, but, and you know this, right? If you're angry and you don't forgive and move forward, it only eats up at you, right? Now Kane's gone. absolutely It's not eating up at our feelings. It's definitely, yeah, it's
1: definitely not, like, It's what? not bothering so, him. That's what I was going to say. I, was gonna, I said, so he had to, that's why I chose to speak after he died, too, because I had to really sit on that, you know? Like, am I going to say something? But I felt so silenced while he was alive yeah. that I definitely couldn't let him or allow him to silence me in death. And the same thing that now, it's like, he's dead. He is in the great beyond or the great below, hell, I don't know where he's at, right. but the point is he's somewhere, okay? And I, he ain't thinking about us. So why should we have to live the rest of our lives thinking about him in any capacity? You know, I send love and light to his family, his children, especially his mom, his sister, every person who loved a version of him that I didn't know because those versions matter, right? We are all the sum of our parts. And there were moments where he seemed like a really great dude. And I imagine that totally. they got a lot of those moments. So. You know, I'll send, I'll send love for that. But you're you're absolutely right. And healing is not linear. It is all over the place, right? All but over. It, you got to commit to your healing because if you don't heal, it trickles down to every part of your life is what I'm starting to really realize, you know? And it is very difficult to, um, you know, find peace when someone doesn't apologize. But I think the bigger thing is is understanding that would you even want an apology that would have never been sincere anyway
0: no and i think somebody who isn't evolved enough to apologize or have self reflection look at Cain. i mean was really sick right so there's and a sad. lot of yeah sick and sad there's a lot of sick you know people just going through the motions of life or or medicating themselves through the motions of life and i mean they could live to be 50 60 70 whatever you know but how sad for them. I mean, you know, you're like the great work that you do on your podcast, you know, the stories like I try to tell on mine or on my social media are w- two women who've done work. And it's like, I don't, you know, of course we're both, everybody's going to mess up or at times I'm sure yeah. there's people that feel like I mistreated them. But of course, like I, someone wrote to me or, or if I knew that, or in the past when I've known that, I've tried to make amends with people and say, you know, God, I, I really like Ty, for example, right. Who I worked with on Sarah Time and no. I've said this to him. I'm like, you know, I was still not healed from Cain, so a lot of times I think I treated Ty poorly because I couldn't get over or trust another radio guy. You didn't feel safe, and I, you know, I said to him, I, you know, a while ago, I said, you know, thank you for really putting up with us, and I'm really sorry for what I put you through because I could see it now, you know, like I, I it was a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah, and you know that guy didn't deserve it. He was such a good person, and he wasn't Cain, but. I was so blinded by that terrible experience, you know. So if if you're not around people or your abuser isn't like able to come full circle, I mean they're probably pretty sick.
1: Yeah. And I think that is where yeah, that's where you have to land. You have to be able to find I I really love the activity you said that your brother helped you with, Sarah, because what I think what I think I want to do actually uh so I appreciate you saying that is I want to think about um you know, when I think about Kane, it's so, sometimes I don't even remember the incredible things I did in media because it is so overshadowed by all of that. And I don't think that's fair. I think I worked my ass off to be a female broadcaster. I think I, I killed the game, to be honest. You did. And thank you, boo. And I don't feel like I should not get to live in those moments because he took so much for me. And so now I feel like I'm in a place where I can separate who Kane was as a person and what I experienced and what I achieved in radio. Because before it was all just put together. And he doesn't deserve to take away my accomplishments and my success just because he took away so much else.
0: Yeah, I, I will find that exercise. I will, I will call my brother and find it. But it was really good. And it was just like writing down all the grievances and then sort of seeing them through, I think, like, you know, a different lens, different, a different lens, you know, like, like maybe what Cain was going through. And, and then I was like, wow, I guess I just understand a lot more how, maybe why he treated us the way he treated us at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'll give it to you. Cause I think you're right. You're probably losing all the great moments. And I can remember one like I remember you trending when your daughter was born, when your youngest daughter yes, was born K-Show nationwide. Baby. Yes. Nation. It was the number one trending topic in the world. I know. I'm like, damn, like their show is. I mean, secretly I was jealous. And then I was like, you know, and of course we weren't friends then. So I was like, oh, I hate her. But um <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't worry, I hated you too then because he has said like, that you oh. were crazy. It's
0: <laughs> like, oh, I hate her and now she's trending worldwide. And but you know, I mean, that is like. To a testament to you and Kane and John and Eric like how much you had continued to build the show you know and how that was yeah. a huge celebratory moment and I have to think in that moment he was really happy for you I mean maybe it was selfish for nationwide Twitter but you know I mean that was a big moment that you it was did. a big
1: moment I you know I broke uh, the I broke nationwide the Miley Cyrus story that she was engaged to uh, Liam Hemsworth. And That's I had asked her about, yeah, it was huge. It, you know, and people don't understand that. It probably, you're like, what are you talking about this social? This is, listen, when you, it's one thing when you report on a story, it's an entirely different thing when you break a news story. And Miley Cyrus was on the show and I brought up these pictures that I had seen of her and Justin Bieber. And she was like, let's not talk about these Justin Bieber photos. I am engaged. And it was the first time that she had ever said that. It went everywhere. And those were the moments in media that I was like, holy shit, I just broke a story. Like it had never happened before, right? And so it you know, it was all over TMZ. It was everywhere, Perez Hilton, all these different things. It was on Entertainment Tonight, all these things. And there were these really ginormously big moments that happened being a part of the Kane show. And for so long, I have hid them in this bag of, it's too close to him to come out. And he doesn't, he doesn't get that anymore. I broke that damn Miley Cyrus story. I, you know, I did so much. Neo asked me to prom on the show, right? It was my prom date. Like there was like plenty of things that happened that I should get to celebrate without him being just completely attached to it.
0: Hey, look, and you know what? The odd part is they, they, um, compensated us both, you know, the same, which was great, you know, in a world where they're usually always trying to like pit women against each other or not pay you. You know, we both made a lot of money at the time. So that did. was,
1: a, you know, that was huge, right? But I will say though, I will say they should have paid us more, period. <laughs> if he was making what he was making, making his female counterparts who pulled their weight and took in abuse should have been making more money. That's true. That's that.
0: That's on Mary had a little lamb. Give yourself credit. That's huge. Yeah. I love you so much, Sarah. I love you too. I, I'm, you know, and like I said, one of the things I'm grateful for is the friendship that I have with you and Mel. And Sammy and all those things, you know, I mean, like it or not. That never would have happened without
1: his ass. Crazy as he was. Crazy old Maurice. (laughs) (laughs) But but seriously, it, um, yeah, it it never would have been possible. And so I think I will, I think I will ground myself in that. Um, I am very, very sorry to his family and his daughters. And I will ground myself in that he was a very sick person. Did it mean that his actions were excusable? Absolutely not. But I'm not going to take that shit personally anymore because hurt people do hurt people. And um, while he was not, you know, he died very young. He died at like 43 years yeah. old. He There's no way he was living a good, happy, healthy life. And, you know, so feel all your emotions. Understand that you will feel all kinds of things. You will feel all kinds of things. And again, healing is not it's not linear so you show yourself grace like sarah kept telling to me and you will one thing i can tell you is you will
0: absolutely get through it and you will be better because of it way stronger way stronger and and you know look at the lives we've created and and you know you're a whole
1: mom now sarah I, I, No,
0: I mean, I, you know, I just, and my life is so happy and fulfilled. And, you know, the other part I think is how sad that he never got to that place, you know, and- and Also, he was making
1: millions. So for those of you listening who think that money is going to solve your problems, this man was a multimillionaire. He made millions every single year. He lived in mansions and he was absolutely miserable. So for those of you who think that money is going to save the day for you, you better uh, find some light in your heart. Cause I'm telling you money ain't money is not going to be the you know be all end all it's just not going to be that isn't it
0: wild you you think God, it is if I was making two million dollars a year I think I could be really happy but it you know it doesn't work like that
1: it, does. it doesn't work like that especially you know your your spirit's got to be on point because if it's not you're going to keep chasing things that aren't going to make you happy anyway
0: and all that money uh, for what just for what's Mm-hmm.
1: I know. Well, I love you, Sarah. I'm so glad we made it through it. Too. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, Sarah, please tell everybody where to follow you, how to listen to your show, which I
0: subscribe to and <laughs> I listen to very religiously. Oh my God, thank you. Well, I have a wild pop culture show and then I talk about my own real life. And anyway, I have a great time. So it's kind of anything goes. Uh, it's called The Sarah Fraser Show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are played. Um, you can follow me on social media. It's The Sarah Fraser Show on on Instagram, Sarah Fraser Show on Twitter, the Sarah Fraser Show on Facebook. Basically just search Sarah Frazier and uh, I need to purchase SarahFrazier.com. So thank you for that. So You're welcome. Yeah. Got you, boo. Got you covered. <laughs> You're the so. best. No problem. Love you. Thank you, Danielle.
1: Thank you for listening because I know that that probably was a lot to digest. And honestly, we barely scratched the surface. It's hard to recount all the horrible things that have happened to you. Because if you're anything like me, um, sometimes when you talk about it, you relive it. I remember um, seeing a documentary with a morbidly obese person who had lost all the weight. Every time she looked in the mirror, she still saw the old version of herself. She was almost trapped there. And I remember thinking, ugh, that sucks. But it happens, right? Sometimes we start telling our story and we're right back there. We're right back in the pain and the trauma and the drama and the fight or flight response kicks in, even though it was years ago. Because healing is not linear, right? When Kane died, I wrote this on Instagram. I was privy to the knowledge that Kane passed away before it went public. It has been a lot to process, a lot. I knew what would follow such news. My phone would blow up and my DMs overrun with people who love to hear your thoughts, which, by the way, is so damn awful. My thoughts are complicated. My heart breaks for Sam and Sophie. They have joined the Fatherless Daughter Club, and it's awful. I had a complicated father who didn't always get it right. I loved him anyways. I prayed that they heal from all of the trauma, and I hold so much space for Nat. What she has endured and what she will have to endure is unimaginable. I feel anger. Death does not absolve people from the awful things that they did while they were alive. Some people's heroes are other people's villains. Duality. I feel empathy for the fans and the people who loved and knew a different version of Cain. Their pain is real, and so is mine. It is infuriating to read memorials from people who knew the cane that I knew and who even experienced similar things as me. Why people choose to romanticize who people were after they die, I don't know. But it is very much triggering to victims. I hold space for the many women who had to move forward without apologies and zero accountability taken. The women who have had to heal from abuse the public could never imagine. I'm appalled at giant media companies who were fully aware of the help he needed, but instead chose millions and capitalism over helping someone who was clearly in need of help. I made a commitment to myself to no longer self-abandon. Actually, help a human out got me here. (laughs) That self-abandonment thing hit me right in the face during one of our episodes, and I've committed to it. I have done too much of that in my life, and a lot of that was in the way I allowed myself to be treated in media and by Kane and by our heart. With that said, I could never and would never celebrate anyone's death. And I also refuse to romanticize or grieve my abuser. I do want to thank Kane for an important life lesson. I am dedicated to living my life in a way that when I do go, I will not be the monster in anyone's life story. Sending love and light to you all but especially to Cain's mother and his children. I didn't know what to expect when I released that statement. And I have to tell you, uh, my partner told me not to do it. A lot of people told me not to do it because they felt like People would attack me. People would be mad that I was speaking ill of the dead. I spoke ill of the alive too, just to be clear. My opinion of Cain never changed, dead or alive. Him dying didn't automatically delete everything that had happened to me or to anybody else who experienced the things that he put them through. Does it mean I lack complete compassion and empathy for his family? Absolutely not. I'm a mother that's impossible. I feel deeply for his mom. I feel deeply for his children and his ex-wife. I feel deeply for every single person who knew a different version of Cain than I did. Because that is a real thing. But I didn't know that version. And it's not fair to expect people who have been abused to be quiet because someone dies. It's not fair to ask an abuse victim to care for someone's children and to think about their children. They also should have thought about their children. If you don't want people to speak ill of you after you die be a good fucking human while you're alive. Sure, many people have good stories. Tons of people have bad stories. Juxtaposition is a real thing. Duality is a real thing. I don't hate Cain. I hate what I went through. I'm not angry anymore. I'm healing and it feels good. It feels powerful. I'm grateful for my relationship with Sarah. Sarah. Yeah and how close having a common enemy <laughs> really brought us. And there's a part of me that mourns Cain's life, not his death. Because it was a facade. Because everyone should be able to live their authentic lives, and even he didn't get to do that. everyone also deserves compassion and he's dead now. And I really do hope that wherever the hell he is, he has found peace that he could not find here because he didn't. And I hope that anybody and everybody who has been in any experience or situation close to what we encountered I hope you know that you are so fucking strong. And I hope you know that until you decide to speak up and maybe you never can because it's not safe to for whatever reason, you got me over here being loud as hell per usual, trying to make a difference in the world because it's not just about me. It's not just about Cain. There are plenty of canes in the world. There are plenty of people in the world getting abused. Everybody doesn't get the opportunity to speak up. Everybody doesn't find the way to not be silent anymore. I was caged, silenced, manipulated, so many things to protect someone. Nobody was protecting me. So with all due respect and with so much love, keep your opinions on how people deal with their trauma. Keep your opinions and perspectives when you say things like, yeah, he was abusive, but there are no buts. You can never understand unless you've lived through what I've lived through, unless you have lived through what an abuse victim has lived through. You're not paying these therapy bills. You didn't tuck me in at night when I cried myself to sleep. You don't get to decide how I handle my trauma or anybody else's trauma for that matter. And just so you all know, this is always a safe space to tell your story. You will never be silenced by me. I am here to always listen. You are not alone. Rest in peace, Kane. I wanna thank Sarah and congrats once again on your baby. I know you will raise that little boy to be such an amazing human and man and all the good things. Welcome to motherhood friend, I love you. Prepare for pre-teenagehood though because holy shit is it something. I uh, got a couple little girls you can borrow if you want to. If you have a question that you would like us to answer, you can send us an email at hahopodcast at gmail.com. That's H-A-H-O podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at hahopodcast. Also, send us your story of coming out for Pride. It is Pride Month and we are celebrating. Absolutely. Help a human come out. Why not? Tell us your coming out story. We get to celebrate you because here on Help A Human Out, we are all about living authentically, standing in our truth, being who the hell we get to be, want to be, decide to be. So if you want to tell your story, we'd love to have it. This has been Help A Human Out. I'm your host, Miss Danielle. Our executive producer is Emma Martins. Woohoo! hoo Go, Emma. Go, Emma. Emma got promoted, y'all. It's amazing. Our audio production is done by Red Yoakum at Red Rock Music. See you next time for a very special episode of Help a Human Out. In the meantime, connect with us on Instagram, please. And thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.